0: and God bless you. This is the podcast of the Refuse Temple Church located at 152 North Main Street in Burlington, North Carolina, where our pastor is, Bishop Reginald J. Davis. This podcast is brought to you on the following streaming platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. Please enjoy as our Bishop Davis speaks.
1: Ephesians chapter number three. Join us at verse number 14. Ephesians chapter number three, verse number 14. The Bible says, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Everybody say exceeding abundantly. Y'all didn't say it. Say it again. Exceeding abundantly. Above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I want you to ask your neighbor two questions. What's in you? Is it working? Ask them again. What's in you? Is it working? Hallelujah. I'm sharing today, and I've shared it with leadership, I've shared it with some of you in small settings, but I don't know if I've shared it with the entire congregation in this particular setting, that the vision for 2020 for Our church is one refuge focused on our mission. And the theme that fits that vision is if the church will go the people will come. So our focus for 2020 is indeed the winning of souls to Jesus Christ. And it's important that we remain clear that this vision is not just about evangelistic efforts. It's not just about passing out tracts or using media or witnessing and canvassing the community, but it's about transforming our church into a spiritual entity. And I want to emphasize that phrase, spiritual entity, because it's very easy for your church to become something other than a church. Okay. It's easy for for it's easy for this to become just a social gathering. Come on here somebody. Just a place where we get together and sing a few songs and hug and and clap our hands and do XYZ. But the Lord needs refuge temple to be a church. Come on here, somebody. An ecclesia, a called-out assembly. And for us to be a church, we have to be a spiritual entity that attracts, develops, and retains disciples for the church of Jesus Christ. I'm at a place now where I'm not looking for more members. I'm trying to create disciples. Come on, somebody. Churches have enough members. Churches have enough members. And, and, and there's a difference from being a member of a church and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because when you're just a member of a church, you're part of the collective, you're part of the congregation, you're part of the group, you, you, you identify yourself with the assembly. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that is not discipleship. Discipleship is when you become a genuine follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, a genuine learner of the ways of Jesus, and an imitator of Jesus Christ, meaning that the church is the vehicle by which we become like Jesus, and if you're not experiencing transformation, then guess what? You're just a member, not a disciple. If your life is not changing, if your behavior is not changing, if your words, your attitude, your perception of ministry is not changing, then, my friend, all you are is a member of the church and not a disciple. And I cannot guarantee that being a member of Refuge Temple will get you into heaven. I'm going to say that again. I cannot guarantee that being a member of this church will get you into heaven. But I can guarantee if you follow Jesus... You're going to walk all the way into glory. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody want to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Because I want to do more than just simply be a part of this group. I want to move to where God wants me to be. Consequently, the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me concerning addressing every believer in this congregation, concerning our individual and our collective strength as members of the body of Christ and something that the Lord shared with me a few months ago that I need to share with all of you, that this congregation is no better than our weakest member. Yeah, be quiet. I'm going to say it again. This congregation is no better than our weakest member which means that we don't have the luxury of leaving anybody behind. Come on somebody. We can't sit passively and say, "Well, you know what? That's just them. I'm going on with Jesus." What if your assignment is to bring them with you? Okay, y'all y'all can be quiet. And you know what? I I practice y'all being quiet on this sermon. It's okay. What, what, what if your assignment is to bring that person along that is the most difficult to deal with, the most challenging their behavior, the least committed, but that's your assignment? And, and you say, well, Bishop, how do you know? Because that's my assignment. See, some of y'all have the luxury of sitting back and saying, that doesn't concern me, but everybody God lets walk through the door is a concern of mine. Because the Bible says, woe to the shepherd that scattereth the sheep. Now, I can't help what people do, but it's my job to make sure nobody is scattered. Nobody is lost. Nobody is turned away. And so if we are a collective expression of each of each other, which means that, believe it or not, I'm reflected in you. And you're reflected in me. Kind of make you wish you would talk to people sometimes. Come on, somebody. Because if you're going to be a reflection of me, I need to be connected with you. And let me just say this. I'm going to say this, and this might blow, rock your world. Just because you ignore me doesn't mean I'm connected to you. Doesn't mean I'm not connected to you. Because we have in our mind, if I ignore some people... It means I'm not connected. But if we're a body, come on, follow me. If we're a body, if in your body, everything in your body is a reflection of you. So I don't care how pretty you are, if your toes are ugly. If your feet are ashy, come on, somebody. I mean, your hair is slick, but your feet are ashy. And we got some slick hair, but we got some ashy feet in here. We got some ashy feet in here. So that means that instead of ignoring our ashy feet, we got to get some lotion and put them on our ashy feet. Y'all saying he is way out here today. But I need y'all to get this, that we can't afford to ignore anybody And where they stand and where they are positionally, because all of us collectively are the body of this congregation. And more importantly, all of us collectively are part of the body of Jesus Christ. If you weren't a member of Refuge Temple, you would still be a responsibility of mine because I'm a part of the body of Christ. And I need to be concerned about the entire body of Christ. Not just my little corner of it. But the entire body of Christ. I don't know if you do this or not, but if you don't, please start. You need to be praying for the whole church. And not just your congregation, but the whole church. Because all of us are a part of the body of Christ. So as I was praying Couple of weeks ago, the Lord made it clear to me that my assignment at this moment is to build the capacity of every member of our congregation. The Lord made it clear that He wants to work through all of us. Everybody say all of us. All of us. Not just some of us. Look at somebody and say, God wants to work through you. Look at me and say, Yes, you. God wants to work through you. God is tired mm, of us being spectators in the ministry of others. Standing on the sidelines, watching other people do God's work while we give commentary to it. You know, the reason why we got so many church critics... Is because we have people not engaged in real ministry. And when you're not doing ministry, it is very easy for you to criticize the ministry of others. You know, it's amazing that people who don't sing got something to say about everybody who does. Couldn't carry a tune if it had a handle on it. But you want to criticize how somebody else is singing. You know what, what I'm doing right now looks easy until they hand you the mic. And then you didn't know that you, you had a speech impediment until you holding the mic. And you saying the, 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 the Lord, is good. Lord is good. Lord is good. But you didn't know that till you got the mic. Until when I mean, before you got the mic. And when you're watching somebody else with the mic, you're wondering, oh, that's just easy. He just makes it look so easy. But you don't understand how much prayer and fasting and thought and study goes into just standing and sharing what God has said to you. Because it's not enough to hear from God. You got to know how to say it the way God gave it to you. It's e- It looks so easy to stand in that line and serve that chicken. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Until they put you on the line and you get confused between a leg and a thigh. Don't know a breast from a thigh. And what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it clear that it's important that we understand that God is trying to work through all of us. And so our task at this season is to build capacity. Build capacity. Let me explain what that means. Building capacity, the secular definition is it's the process by which individuals and organizations obtain, improve, and retain the skills, knowledge, tools, equipment, and other resources needed to do their jobs competently, all right? Um, Minister Carr is a principal, and one of the roles of the principal is to build the capacity of the teachers in the building. Because every teacher that came to Mr. Carr's school did not come with the same skill set to educate the children that are assigned to his school, and and, and because you know there's some teachers that, depending on how they were trained or where they were trained, just don't know how to teach all kids. I don't know if you know that or not. All right, you know, Sister um, Perkins has done an amazing job of trying to educate herself to be able to help the kids that don't always make it, that fall through the cracks. Because every teacher doesn't know how to teach kids that learn differently. All right? They're not dumb. They're not stupid. They just don't learn the way the kid right beside them learned. And you can't dismiss them. You have to build capacity in those that will educate them to make sure that everybody learns. Now, the same thing applies in the body of Christ. Everybody doesn't connect with the Lord the same way, in the same manner, and the same time. And just because you got convicted the first time you came to church don't mean everybody going to get convicted like that. But everybody needs to be saved. Y'all ain't following this. Everybody needs to be saved. So we can't sit back as a church and say, well, some going to come and some ain't going to come. No, God help us build capacity so that everybody you intend to make the rapture is impacted in a positive way and they're saved. See, I know, I know, I know that everybody is not going to come to Christ The same way. Everybody's not gonna be influenced the same way. For some people, this setting is all you need to get you to make a decision for Jesus Christ. This is your setting. But there are some people that this will never work for them because they got questions, they've got concerns, they got issues. That this setting sometimes is a turn-off rather than a turn on. What they need is somebody that knows how to do one-to-one ministry. And I'm going to say this. Every preacher is not a congregation preacher. And so don't get frustrated if this is not what you do. Because you might be better at one-to-one. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me answer your questions. Let me show you the love of Christ in such a way that you want to come and give your life to the Lord. And so the the need that I have right now, and this is where I'm trying to go, is to build spiritual capacity. And what that means is, is when believers optimize the anointing and gifts given to them by the Holy Ghost so that they are able to afford Actively fulfill the will of Jesus Christ for his church. Now let me tell you everybody something. God has a will for every believer that's connected with the body of Christ. And it's not just church going. Some of us think that when I come to church, I have fulfilled the will of God for my life. What would you do? I went to church. I went to church. I went to church. What, what, what do you do? I went to church. What did you do? I went to church. But what did you do? I went to church. Okay, you went to church. What did you do there? I went. What would you do there? Well, I listened some, but what do you do? I went to church when you define your ministry by church going it's because you don't have a ministry because your ministry is more than church going your ministry is what you do after the benediction has been given and if you define your entire relationship with God by church going The reality is you're not doing anything. And God saved all of us to do something. Grab somebody's hand and say, before the rapture, you got to do something. Got to do something. And all of us are not going to be preachers. I'm going to say it again. All of us are not going to be preachers. The first thing that happens to most people when the Lord saves you and he starts to deal with you and God has a work for you to do, the first thing people assume is, I've been called to preach. And that's why we have a plethora of ineffective preachers who got a Bible, who got... Um, who, who, who have a collar, who have a license, and having a license to preach is like having a license to drive. It don't mean you can. Come on, somebody. I'm just going to be honest. You know, the person that hit you in that accident had a license. Okay, y'all missed that. Y'all missed it. Somebody tested them and said they can drive. But they still ran that light and hit you. So having a license don't mean you can do it. And I'm not denigrating anybody's calling a gift, but you need to make sure you are doing what God has assigned you to do. Because whatever God calls you to do, He also empowers you with the ability to do it. I know that singing is not my calling. How you know, Bishop? Because I can't. I want to, God knows. And wanting to and being able to do are two entirely different things. Come on, somebody. I, I, I really want to sing. My wife tried to teach me how to sing. And I really was too, um, I don't know, too lazy to, to do all the stuff she tried to teach me. And so I gave up. You know, I can carry a tune but not very far. So, 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 so you would never hear me say to you, I've been called to do praise and worship. Now I can lead you in worship. I can lead you. I can take you all the way in. And by the time I get through singing, you're gonna to want to sing. Come on, somebody. You're gonna to wanna to sing. All right. But that is not what I'm called to do. It's not what I'm called to do. So, so so part of what we have to do, and this is I need to raise this awareness, is that maybe God called you. And this is a powerful ministry, to be engaged in the ministry of helps. And, and I'm going to tell you how you know people that have been called to the ministry of helps, because they help without an attitude. Some of y'all, I know, you weren't called to the ministry of helps, because every time you help somebody, you got an attitude. I mean, you carrying the water rolling your eyes. How do you carry water and roll your eyes? That means helping ain't your ministry. Because ministry ought to give you joy. Come on, somebody. Just to be able to do it ought to excite you about being able to do it. The other thing about ministry when you know you're called is that you will do it without an audience. See, see, I'm a preacher, and I will preach to an audience of one. Because that's my calling. That's my calling. And you will not take me out of my calling. Just because you don't show up don't mean you're going to shut my mouth. Come on, somebody. Oh, how, you, and, and when I can't find an audience, I'll go on Facebook because somebody going to pop on my line. And I get to preach to somebody because that's my calling. That's my calling. I'll go to the grocery store and preach to somebody. Don't need a towel, ain't got a moan. Just give me a minute, I'll tell you about the goodness of the Lord. That's my calling. And so one of my prayers in in, in this season is that God raises everybody to the level of understanding their calling. But if if you indeed have a calling, you need capacity. Ask somebody this. Can you do what you've been assigned to do? Because one of the tragedies about church now is you've got people trying to do things that lack the anointing to do things. You know, two areas that I think are critical right now. you got folk praying and prophesying that lack the ability to do either. I don't need anybody praying for me that don't know how to pray. I don't need anybody praying for me don't know how to pray. And if I don't see you on your knees, I don't want to see you at the altar laying hands on me. Because I don't know who you've been talking to before you put your hands on me. I need you on your face. I need to see the anointing working on you. I need to see the power of God working through your life. Because I need to know if you're going to talk to God for me, that you really know God. If you got to pray for me and say, this is so-and-so. Come on, somebody. You coming to pray for me? Lord, uh, this is so-and-so. Okay, okay, put the all up. Put the all up. I need to know, and, and I'm going to say this. I know that there are people that don't hold a license, but they know God. And they're the people I need to grab my hand, grab my foot, put your arms around my head, do something, point your finger in my direction, because if you know God, you can pray for me. I don't need you prophesying to me if you don't know God. Get a chance, read Jeremiah 23. I have not called these prophets but yet they ran I have not spoken to them but yet they prophesied well you say, well bishop how you know how, how you know that, that that they don't have the word and they're not real prophets because they keep giving you revolving words the God that's talking to them must be schizophrenic or he's bipolar come on somebody because he's saying one thing today, he's saying something else tomorrow, he's saying something else next week, and that God is not that flighty. You know, the Bible says, the Lord said, my counsel shall stand. That means even if you don't believe it, what I say is going to stand. And it's going to be validated. So the church has to raise its capacity. And we have to grow and expand and return to our original mandate concerning the Lord. Paul, in this text in Ephesians, is praying for the church. And he's praying that the church raise its capacity. And I have a similar prayer for Refuge Temple. That And, and, and I love so many things about our church. But I also know that there is room for us to grow. Anybody anybody want to be honest with me? There's room for us to grow. And And, and here's the place where God's trying to raise our capacity. He wants us to do more than just feel good. He wants us to have impact in what we do. Don't get quiet. In other words, it's not enough that people just come to us and feel good being around us. We need to really see them get delivered. Come on, somebody. Now, now, how you know if somebody's delivered? You know they're delivered because they change. If they come in here a freak, and they just become a chapel scarf-wearing freak, then it ain't no change. Okay, y'all done got real quiet. If they come in here a drunk, and they just become a tongue-speaking drunk, ain't no change. Come on, somebody. If they came in here mean, and they meaner, Ain't no change. You know that deliverance is real in your life because you see the transformation. Anybody, I, I've been watching these Facebook posts of, you know, 2009 and 2019. Anybody seen that on Facebook? All right. And, and, and I wish right now everybody would take a glimpse spiritually at 2009 and then take another picture Spiritually of 2019. And if you don't see any growth. If you don't see any change. If you can't look back from where you've come from. And know that God has brought you from there to here. Come on somebody. And it wasn't a bad journey. It was a good journey that you can honestly celebrate where you were to where you are now. Then guess what? You have not been transformed. Cuz let me feel, and some of y'all say, "Well, Bishop, I was saved in 2019." That's true, but the Bible says, "We go from glory to glory." So if I'm stuck in the same place. Well, here's the worst part. Some of us have regressed. Some of us have regressed. That means that I'm not just not getting better, I'm going backwards. And I'm doing it in the confines of the ministry. That ain't a good thing. Nudge the person beside you. God wants you to go higher. God wants you to go higher. And if we are doing church the right way, church is a transformational place. And let me just say this. Some of us have transformed from an exterior perspective. But we got some interior fights that have yet to be won. And so let me just help, let me help you. You cannot assess yourself by how you look to the congregation. Because you might look fine to the congregation. But the Bible says let a man examine himself. Now, here's what we do. We pull out. Come here, Jamie. When we do our self-assessment, we look at Jamie and we look at us. He's a minister. I'm doing as good as he's doing. Some areas I might be doing better than he's doing. So I'm okay. Because we look at other people. We get past Jamie, we look at Lady Davis. We look at minister Perry we look at trail we look at Mike we look at folks and so you can never assess your spiritual development based on another believer you know why because this brother has strengths but he got some weaknesses come on somebody this pastor has strengths but he got some weaknesses And so you can't assess your spirituality based on somebody sitting in your congregation. Well, Bishop, what do I use? You use Christ. Thank you. The Bible says Mark, the perfect man. So if I'm looking at somebody to evaluate myself by, I look at Jesus. And if I look at Jesus, I'm going to always find something in me that needs to get better. Because I have not yet arrived at the pinnacle of my spirituality. Y'all, get Y'all stay quiet. Stay quiet. Don't say nothing else. So, if I'm looking at this, God is trying to push us to raise our capacity. So tell somebody beside you, God wants more from you. And he wants it now and not later. Let's go to the text. And then we're going to make the altar call. Look at verse number 15. Of who the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Paul says, I'm not just praying for one person, one group. I'm praying for the entire family. And I'm asking God to bless our entire family. Now, now, here, 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 God deliver us. That I cannot be satisfied if I'm growing, but my family is not growing. How many family people in here? How can you be happy if you're eating, but your sister is starving? How can you be happy if you're eating or you're sleeping, but your brother is homeless? Come on, somebody. How can you be happy if you got a job, but your children aren't working? Come on, somebody. Because it's not enough for me that I'm blessed. But my children are blessed. Now, 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 people sometimes term the pastor as the spiritual father of the church. And, and if I accept that analogy, then I cannot be a happy father because I've got some malnourished children in my house. And it's even more frustrating because I'm feeding every week, but my children still aren't eating. Come on, somebody. You say, well, Bishop, why aren't the children eating? Because they eat so much junk food before they get here that they're not hungry for the Word. It's not enough, but I'm healthy, but my children are How do you know they're weak? Because anything that happens to them turns them off. Come on, somebody. Now, everybody gets discouraged, but everything shouldn't discourage you. Somebody help me preach this. Everybody gets discouraged sometimes, but everything shouldn't discourage you. You should grow to a point where some things you just shake off and keep on moving. Because maturity justifies it. You know there's some things at this point in my life that ain't just worth my time. People lying on me just ain't worth my time. They lied on me when I first got saved. They lying on me now. It's just not worth my time. (laughs) Folk bring you stuff. Bishop, so-and-so said so-and-so about you. I just sip my water. They said, you ain't called. I just zipped my water. They say, you a liar. Zipped my water. They get through talking. This some good water. Come on, somebody. Because I ain't worried about that stuff. You know what the Bible says? Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. Persecute you say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. He said rejoice So when I get through sipping my water Hallelujah Lord I love you Lord I praise you He needs us to mature And he says, the whole family, grab somebody by the hand and tell them, I really want to see you grow. I'm praying for an anointing that will move this entire house. Shatama. I'm praying for a move that blesses this entire house. I'm praying for an anointing to fall on us until all of us get convicted by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm praying for a mass repentance because it's not just the one you're talking about that needs to repent. You need to repent yourself. (laughs) Because when real conviction comes in the house, we stop pointing fingers and we start running to the altar saying, Lord, search me. Find what is in me that is not pleasing to you. And Lord, whatever it is, take it out of me. Whole house. Whole house. Whole house. Whole house. Grab somebody by the hand and say, Lord, bless the whole house. The Shatanamasa. Woo, Shatanamasa. Lord, speak to the whole house. Now, I'm going to say this and I'm getting ready to move on because my time is up. You cannot leave the family. Unless you give up the DNA. I don't care how much Reggie and Geneva decide that they're going to reject me. I can only stop being their father if they give up their DNA. Come on, somebody. I may not be the best father, but I can't stop being their father unless they surrender their DNA. Now, that's for all of you folk that are so deep that you don't think you're connected to other believers. Whether you like me or not, we family. Whether you talk to me or not, we family. Whether you pray for me or not, we family. How you say that pastor because we got the same DNA by one spirit are we all baptized into one body and the only way you can leave this family is you got to give up the Holy Ghost <laughs> so if you got the Holy Ghost we can. If you got the Holy Ghost, we family. And you can stand on the sidelines and act deep if you want to. But I'm your slew-footed, cross-eyed cousin. And you need to pray for me because we family. And here's the good news. When you get blessed, I get blessed. When you get healed, I get healed. When you get delivered, I get delivered. And when you cry, I'm supposed to cry. And when you moan, I'm supposed to moan. And when you travail, I'm supposed to travail. Because we're family. And that's the thing that'll bring real deliverance in this house. When we come off our islands and realize by one spirit, are we all baptized into one body? And the Holy Ghost has to work in me. And the Holy Ghost has to work in you. And the anointing has to be real for you. And the anointing Has to be real for me Glory put your arm around somebody and say you ain't got to like me, but we're family And here is what is powerful when I realize That this is my family. Then I realize. That this is a reflection. Of who I am. And so I can't sit back. And shake my head. And say. "Mm, mm, mm." If he's not. What I think he's supposed to be. The first thing I do is go to the altar. And say Lord remember my family. Oh hallelujah. I've heard some stuff that bothers me. And I've seen some stuff that bothers me, but that's my family, so I'm here to intercede for my son, for my brother, for my cousin. Lord, help him to be what you would have him to be. And then I go back and I build a relationship, and it's a non-judgmental relationship because the same he don't, we may not have the same problems, but we all got some problems. Come on, somebody. And the Bible says confess your faults one to another. And then he said, come on, bruh, we go into the altar together. Oh, hallelujah. And I'm going to pray for you. And you're going to pray for me. And when the anointing falls on me, it's going to fall on you. When deliverance falls on me, it's going to fall on you. When power falls on me, it's going to fall on you. When the Holy Ghost transforms me, he's Work and transform you. Is there anybody here that knows that the Holy Ghost is real? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Is there anybody here that knows the Holy Ghost is real? My time is up and I just got started. But Imagine what would happen if we all acted like family. Now, I get it. Some of us have never even seen a functional family in our natural paradigm. So it's hard to envision functionality And spiritual families, but let me just give you the basics. We all have one father. Nudge somebody say we got the same daddy. Got the same daddy. That means we all have the same DNA in us. Come on, somebody look at that person again and say, there's something about you that is just like me. You know, all Davis men, at least the ones that I know, you can tell us by this glowing forehead right here. Go to family reunion. You can pick out all the Davis men. If we weren't at the reunion, you can pick out all the Davis men. big going for him. So there's something about all of us that makes us look at each other and say, "Oh, we the same." See? You know, I'm going to be honest, we have built our spirituality around labels. And we've allowed the name of our church to define us. More than the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to say something that's going to upset the apple carton. You can record it. I've walked in the churches that had my same name, but I couldn't feel my same God. And then I've walked in churches that had a different name, but I could feel the same God. So don't let the label confuse you. Come on, somebody enough discernment that you can find God and if I can find the Holy Ghost then we family all of us didn't get saved here but if we got saved for real if we got saved for real then we ought to know each other in the spirit. Here's my point, and I got to make the altar call. God has a collective move that will fall on us when the church actively reaches for greater. Every head is about every eye is I want everybody to reflect for a moment if and when you have tried to disconnect yourself from the body of Christ. Because although the Holy Ghost works individually. He also works collectively. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and they were all in one place. Hallelujah. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Lord, Whatever I've done, said, or even thought to disconnect myself from your body, I repent right now. These people are my brothers. These people are my sisters. These people are family. We're one with you. We're one with you. Lord, there's a blessing for the house. And if I'm hindering the blessing, I repent right now. If I'm stopping the flow, I repent right now. If I'm stopping the move, I repent right now. Lord, when you bless me, you got to bless my children. When you bless me, you got to bless my sons. When you bless me, you got to bless my daughters. When you bless me, you got to bless my siblings. I need the blessing to fall on this entire house. In the name of Jesus. Shatanamashitanayish. Everybody lift your hands right now. I want you to ask God for a fresh anointing right now. I want you to ask God for a fresh touch. I want you to ask God for a fresh move. I want you to ask God for deliverance right now upon your life. Come on, everybody's hands ought to be lifted right now. Everybody's hands ought to be lifted right now. Everybody's hands ought to be lifted right now. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh. Hey, God. Chaitana Masi Atanama Sait. Analama Siatana Masya. Lift your hands, everybody. Open
0: your mouth and say Thank you so much for joining us. You are welcome to Fellowship with Pastor Reginald Davis and the Refuge Temple Church family on Sundays, 9 a.m. Prayer, 10 a.m. Christian Education and Bible Study, 11 a.m. Morning Worship and Children's Church, 4.30 p.m. Evening Worship, Monday, 6.30 p.m. Prayer, Wednesdays, 12 p.m. Noonday Prayer, Wednesdays. 7 p.m. Prayer and Bible Study. Friday, 7 p.m. Prayer, Worship, and the Word. Again, come and join us and be blessed. Until next time.